and we named it after our star attraction. Shady nasties? The dynasties, asshole. All right. Another another podcast here. Um, today we're actually doing a double header. I'm uh, episode one of two. I'm sitting here with Kevin. So Kevin, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thanks. Appreciate it. Glad glad to be on here. Get into a little of my defense argument for my my Cooper Cup trade and <laughs> and talk about a few other things as we go through. Now I know uh, you said you're you haven't listened to any of these yet. So actually, we talked when it did happen is when Sam was on, and Sam was actually someone who was thought it was even. So if, in the podcast, the only time it's come up, it's been that it's been even. The group me got a little destroyed, but um, but um, I'm actually excited to have you on because you haven't listened. I like that because there's a couple heated debates going on week in week out, and now you don't have a biased opinion. Um, but we'll get into some of that. So first, the, the main reason I want to make sure to get you on was because a couple people, Keenan, um, Tyler, you know, just a handful of people said that who they knew in the league and they didn't know you. So first, who do you know in the league and who do you not know? Um, well, Andrew is the obvious one that I know because met Andrew probably in like ninth grade. Um, but now... He's probably really the only one. Billy, too. I know Billy a little bit. Um, not as much. You know, previous people, Sammer and, and Javi, back back in the day, I knew all, all of them. But other than that, I think I met Teddy at Andrew's wedding. Maybe it was Kenny. Kenny. No, yeah, Kenny. Kenny was there. Teddy wasn't. Teddy's a coworker yeah. of mine, but Kenny, yeah, was there. Yeah. So I met Kenny at Andrew's wedding but I think that's probably it. Okay. Well, then that's why we have to, uh, had to for sure have you on. So people who don't know you can make up their mind about you now. Uh, <laughs> so we had a couple questions in the group me, a couple actually outside of the group me and these podcasts have been going really long. So we're going to try and do them speed round, I guess. So I'll ask you um, and you can, uh, you can answer them. So First, actually, this was a question from me, so it wasn't written anywhere, but on a previous podcast, we were talking about it's pretty split. A couple UGA people, a couple Georgia Tech, a couple Auburn, a couple Florida across the league. Who's your team? Um, oh, God, I'm already going to not make friends on this in this league. I'm, I'm not a huge college football person, to be honest with you, but, you know, back in the day, I liked to watch Tech when they had Dwyer. And I was friends with Zach Fisher's brother, Gabe. So, uh -huh. and Zach Fisher played at Tech too. So I went to a couple games with Gabe. So I kind of like Tech. I went to Tech for like two semesters for a master's, but didn't finish. So, you know, I kind of I picked Tech. I work with uh, Navy housing right now. So kind of like Navy a little bit, support, support the Navy. Um, and I'm working on a master's right now at Alabama, but... I don't really, I would never say I'm an Alabama fan. <laughs> um, I, I went to a Bama game this year. It was actually a crazy stadium. It was a lot of fun. But, no, we're, we're claiming you on the tech team because me and Jonathan Griffey are the two tech guys of the league, so we can use a third. So you're, you're grouped in with us. Um, I get. I really hate UGA. I mean, I, I can say that. Like, I, I hate UGA more than I like any other team. 
<laughs> and now all of a sudden, Billy, Teddy, and David will no longer trade with you. I'm just hearing that, you know, so just yeah. from that statement alone. So, yeah. Um, and you said Navy. Do you remember uh, Danny Payne or he had a younger brother who was your age at Kell? Andy. Um, yeah, Andy. His brother. Well, Danny, yeah. who was my age, is actually the director of recruiting at Navy. Oh, really? Yeah, it, on their cool. college football team, on their team. But, um, but anyway, um, when does the Christmas tree go up in your house? Uh, gosh, we put it up at least two weeks ago. Oh, so you're mid-November. You're really early. Yeah, if if my wife had her way, it would have been November 1st. <laughs> I love Christmas as much as anybody, but damn, that's November 1st is a little too early. It's still 85 degrees outside. <laughs> so Halloween directly into uh, into Christmas there. I'm, I'm assuming you're also the person that is listening or your wife is listening to Christmas music year round then. Yep, mm-hmm. for sure. That definitely started in October, for sure. Now, you're not someone who responds a lot in the group me, but this question, you specifically said, oh, it'll be addressed. And that is, when is Atlanta getting a hockey team? So you must have passionate thoughts about that. Yeah, sadly, it's probably never. Um, but I am a hockey guy. I got my avalanche headband on with my St. Bernard. So I'm a St. Bernard guy, too. Um, but, yeah, Atlanta, I don't think will ever get another hockey team. But – I do have a theory that if Atlanta United came before the Thrashers, the Thrashers would have been a success. Because, however, I think a lot of the same people who support Atlanta United with that culture and that passion, I think that would have translated very well to hockey. And I think they would have supported that it because it's, you know, the seasons don't kind of really overlap too much between MLS and NHL. Um, and you only need, 18, 19,000 people to fill a hockey arena. They get 70 plus for Atlanta United. So I think that could have, that could have really helped, but in the future, I don't, I don't think, I don't see it happening. Where did your uh, love for hockey from the North or something? Um, I'm not my, but my, both of my parents are from New York. My dad's from Buffalo and my mom's from New York city. Um, Yeah. But so I kind of just grew up with hockey just like I liked all sports when I was a kid. I was obsessed with basketball, baseball, football, hockey. <laughs> just up. not just not college football, right? <laughs> just not college football, exactly. Again, probably comes from my parents who are more northern from the north, and college football is not quite as big up there. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, and hockey is just it's so different life. Like I, I had a friend in high school who her dad had season tickets to the thrashers like mid ice she'd take me every now and then those games were a blast um okay tyler wanted us to talk politics so anything you want to say or would you want to skip over that what are the things never talk politics or religion doesn't bother me i i'm not shy about my opinions Uh, you have 30 seconds then to ramble about politics then then i'm going to cut you off um, don't trust any of them. They're all liars. And Herschel Walker should not be a politician. My, <laughs> all right. Short and sweet. Good. Summed up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, honestly say, I, I agree with you across the board on those statements. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, so now something that is even more heated in our league than politics. This is the question that 
has been going back and forth in the um, other podcasts. Is a hamburger a sandwich? No. No. Do you want to elaborate on why not? I mean, you're right, category. by the way. You're, you're correct, by the way. But uh, yeah, I, it's kind of its own category. And because I think there's so many styles or types or variations of the hamburger, it makes it its own category as well. You know, you got your bacon cheeseburger, you got your single, you got your classic, your double cheeseburger, you can do a black and blue, the kitchen sink with the egg on it. See, you are 100% right that it's not. Last time on here, I had Andrew, who's an extremist, who was saying a quesadilla is a sandwich. I mean, he's saying um, something, as long as it's two of one thing with something between, like a Boston cream pie would be a sandwich. Freaking two dudes Eiffel Towering a chick, it would be a sandwich. That's that's Andrew's extremist views. Yet an open-faced sandwich for him's not a sandwich. So... Finally, we, I'm talking to someone reasonable, someone intelligent. So it's nice to, it's nice that that's the case for once. Um, now, Keenan is also kind of an extremist. He said a hot dog was a taco. And, any thoughts on that one? I, I can't say that I've ever, I've ever heard anybody call a hot dog a taco. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, I, I understand his thought process, but I, I don't, I don't buy it. Yeah, I'm not buying it either. Just like I'm not buying a quesadilla or a Boston cream pie being a sandwich. But uh, all right, Sam's not. question. If Shadina Steely was stranded in the Andes, who would we eat first? Who would we send for help? And who would be the last survivor? Oh, this is hard, again, not knowing anybody. Who would we eat first? I think would probably be Billy. Obviously would be uh, Billy. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't – who would we send for help? I don't know. Can we – can we trust any of the Pensick brothers for help? <laughs> I thought you were on my side here. I thought, come on. <laughs> um, yeah, so maybe who writes our note? Teddy, is he write a few notes every now yeah, and then? Teddy wrote a note, and Teddy in the group, me, everyone says is the most honorable guy. But we'll get to the truth of that when David's on later, because David's like his best friend. So um, we'll hear some real stories. But okay. The, so Teddy, that's a good choice. Based on what I know, the last one to survive. I don't know. That just kind of seems like an Andrew thing. Like he'll fall ass backwards into survival for <laughs> however long. Just luck into it somehow. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, now Kenny wanted to know, I mean, now Kenny has the number one pick pretty much locked up for this year for our rookie draft. He said, who do you think will be the number one dynasty draft pick in 2023? Uh, Bryce Young or CJ Stroud. Okay. Now I feel like now I know you're not a college football guy, you said, but there's a running back for Texas named Bijan Robinson. I, I mean, oh, yeah, yeah, that guy. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, he's a stud. He's uh the most hyped running back since Saquon. So uh, even with Kenny having good running backs, I think he pretty much has to take him. Um, and if he doesn't, could be my my game because I might have the number two pick, number two or number three. We'll see. <laughs> who do you consider your biggest rival in the league? Dynasty. I don't know that I, I have a rival just because I've kind of been so irrelevant um, for a while. I mean, I always like to beat Andrew again, just because he's the one I know and, and got me in, but, and like 
against you and Billy and Tyler now, like I don't, I don't ha- have like the team to stand up against that. So I can't call any of that a rivalry. Um, but definitely probably just Andrew because it's always nice to beat him, especially more in Dynasty. I guess we're kind of equals there, but I would go with Andrew. Now I'm pulling up the stats here just because you're calling Andrew out again. Let's uh, out a little bit. Let's see the your record against Andrew all time. You have you were five and seven against him, including a loss this year. So uh, so yeah, fairly so equal. yeah, fairly equal, fairly equal. But I think you got a, a couple more playoff appearances than he did than he does. Um, you made the playoffs a handful of times. You say you're irrelevant, but you're one of the people who's been it from the beginning, and you got some pretty good seasons under your belt. Um, so give yourself yeah. some credit. I some of it has just kind of been surprising. Like I, I don't even expect to be like five and seven right now. I don't I don't know really how that happens. And you know I had bad luck with like Kareeb Hunt, who was the starter for the Chiefs, and then you know got in trouble. So a couple of things like that hurt me. And I also missed the first half of the original draft. So that, that kind of set me back. I got like auto drafted DeMarco Murray as one of my top picks. And I feel like that, that's, that set me back a, a little bit right from the get go. I never knew that. Uh, you uh, auto drafted. Yeah. yeah it, look, looking back, I actually have the original draft here. It took you three running backs, your top picks, Jamal Charles, DeMarco Murray, and Alfred Morris, which in redraft is great, you know, because there's not a lot of running backs. But in Dynasty, running backs are the least valuable position there is. That was your top three. I mean, none of those guys have been in the league in a long time. So that killed me. I was at work, and I got caught up doing something. I'll never forget that. sticks with me. And then I got Andre Johnson, who by that time was kind of on the way out. He might even have been on the Colts by that point yeah yeah quarterbacks are where it's made and it didn't take you a quarterback till the 14th round and by then it was probably you drafting them uh alex smith ej Manuel, and brian hoyer were your only initial quarterbacks from the start so i never knew that that you were auto pick um i I mean if it was someone like billy that that happened to we would never hear the end of it he would constantly be bitching about it you know any excuse that that's always his excuse and here we're what nine years into this draft, and this is one of the first I'm hearing about it. Finding out, I've just been um, trying to claw my way back ever since, <laughs> and uh, it was so hard for so long with literally every quarterback always rostered, and then even for a while when we had two defenses, every defense was rostered. Mm-hmm. If I so remember correctly, I think maybe even the first trade in league history is right after the draft you realized you only had one or two defenses and I drafted like five of them. So you and I made a trade and you gave me like Ray Rice or something for a defense. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that was the first trade in league history. It's weird that I remember that. <laughs> um, yeah. Well then do you think the move to Superflex next year from two quarterback um, will make rebuilding a little easier? Um, yeah. I think because I mean, wide receiver is such a deep position that that, you could have if you don't have that second quarterback, you know, you could you could throw in a competitive wide receiver there. And mm-hmm. I think that could that could really help. Yeah. And, and look at I mean, these rule changes, the switching to half PPR and then go into or in one less defense. 
these are rule changes. My team, who's historically been pretty good, has been running back heavy. Um, and not like, you know, the receiving backs, like the Derrick Henry's and stuff like that. So I feel with these rule changes and I've been deep at quarterback generally are really, I've, I've kind of had that top spot. And I feel like Billy and Tyler, they've really pushed them probably past me. I'm probably the, the team, the third team at this point. Um, do you think those rule changes have been advantageous to you and your team, how it's built? Mm. I mean, def- my running back's definitely my weak point. So my my receivers are better. And obviously when I had Cup, that was huge with half point PPR with him getting, you know, eight to 10 receptions a game. Um, and it helps me a lot with Devin Singletary, who doesn't get a lot of workload carry-wise, but he does get some catches out of the backfield for, for Buffalo. So it's helpful there. Um, yeah, I mean, those would be the biggest ones. And the second defense obviously opened everything up. Somehow I ended up with Buffalo's defense, which I think got dropped at some point, and the Broncos too. So, you know, two years ago or whatever, wouldn't have been able to find the good defenses like that available just to pick up. So um, We'll have to make um, an on-air trade. I'm going to have to negotiate with you and get one of those defenses for my playoff push. So, <laughs> yeah, good Probably not the Bills because that's, They're you know, other than the Falcons, while. that's my team too. I, so you're wearing a Bills shirt. So <laughs> I am. So, you know, probably won't get that one from me, but maybe the Broncos. Because what? You think the Bills are going to win it all this year? Man, I, I will never be confident in one of the teams that I root for to win like that just because of. Well, obviously Buffalo losing four Super Bowls in a row. Everything that the Braves and the Falcons do to us. You've so, been hurt before, there's no, clearly. <laughs> you've hurt before. Like I I'm I have to be like pleasantly surprised, like when the Braves won the World Series. Yeah. And it is so much better when you don't have that expectation because the expectation and you win, it's like I was expecting it, but if you lose, you're heartbroken. But like when the Braves won the World Series the other year up until they actually won it's like are we gonna win are we gonna win Um, yeah and it made things harder this year because i had my i broke my own rule of having expectations and i'm like all right this braves team is legit they could they should win the world series didn't happen that's that's heartbroken again that's atlanta even if you go in without the expectation without they'll give you enough they'll drag it out enough to where you have got that hope as soon as you get that hope that's when they crash you at least we got our championships Atlanta United and the Braves did, but um, all right. Then getting back on the questions, you did talk the cup trade. We'll talk trades in a second, but there's two more questions that Sam asked that I'm just going to throw out and then we'll get into predictions, trades, ILP, all that fun stuff. Um, I've asked this to a couple other people, but curious what your thought are in three years from now, three years ago, the teams that won it all, Andrew and whatnot, are now at the bottom, you know, so we've had a lot of turnovers minus a couple teams, three years from now, who's going to be the top teams and who are going to be the bottom teams. Um, let me see. I was looking at this a little bit earlier. I, I, Ken and Ben, I think they have, they have too far to go to be competitive in three years. So I, I still think they're probably going to be towards the bottom. There's just not enough. You can't, It's not really possible to have enough roster turnover to get them back to competitive that quickly. 
it legitimately is going to take lots and lots of time for them to come back. And one thing with Ben is his first round pick this year I have and next year I have. So, you know, it's top three pick this year, looking like it could be the number one pick next year. So that just adds on top of that, the, the uphill battle he has. Yeah, he, that's I with that. I mean, it, it's near impossible to to get out of the bottom, I would think, based on his roster, unfortunately. Yeah. But I mean, Billy, Billy is really well set up with Josh Allen, Dalvin Cook. I mean, Dalvin's probably got another couple years. I don't know, three years from now, Dalvin's probably, what, 26, 27? Three years from now, I, I don't know if he's going to be as be relevant anymore. Yeah, that, that could be true, especially, you know, he may go off if they don't want to pay him or whatever. But Waddle, Justin Jefferson. Oh, they got 10 years. Those guys each got 10 years left. Yeah, so, so Billy's, Billy's got a good core, but, you know, not getting high draft picks, he's got to really hit to, to stay competitive. Um, I think, I think Jonathan might fall off a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, Jonathan's in the big matchup. We're going to talk about the, in this show at the very end, because that is definitely game of the week. And it was obvious everyone should have voted for game of the week, but Tyler of course is full of himself and voted for himself. But, um, Oh, actually, one more question Sam had, and I probably should ask this earlier when we were talking about your favorite teams and stuff, but Sam, so what NFL franchise do you say your team is most similar to? Not like roster, but just historically. Like the Falcons choking leads or, you know, would be Sam because Sam always chokes. Oh, gosh. It was just like a very vanilla, mediocre, middle-of-the-road team. (laughs) You have all this confidence and are loving your team here. (laughs) Those are the adjectives you're picking. <laughs> the Pope Peyton Manning Colts, maybe, where they're like, like the Philip River Colts, where they're like ten and six, get into the get into the wild card round, don't really have any business being there. That's, That's hilarious. I'll, I'll roll with that. That's hilarious. Okay, so in this league, you got the ten and six Philip Rivers Colts. That that's funny. Yeah. Um, you're also in our other league with um, where Andrew's the commissioner and have been, I think, in that one both since the beginning. I know Dynasty since the beginning. How many are you in any other leagues or just those two? Um, yeah, I've got one with like Samer and, and that group of friends. Is that um, the one Andrew's in also? Yep. You're with three Andrew. with him? All right. <laughs> yeah. And then <laughs> that, that's why that's why with, he's your rival. <laughs> right? He, all over the board. Um I have a team that's just for fun with my brother-in-law and sister and like two little nephews and my, my brother-in-law's family, but I gave kind of gave that team to my wife. And so she controls that one. Uh-huh. Um, is there any, um, so this one's your only dynasty one though, right? Yeah. Or do you have any thoughts about this one relative to the others? Any things you like, any things you think we should change, make, you know, um, I like Dynasty a lot. It's totally different than just like redraft every year. So I do like that piece of it. And I think it's a lot more strategic. Um, and you, you've got to think more than just this season and even really the next. Like you've got to try and plan that out. Um, 
I don't really think much needs to be changed. Like the only thing that I would possibly consider is cutting the bench down by a couple spots just because um, that I, I don't, I mean, most people roster at the bottom of their bench, horrible players. So I don't even know that it might, it would actually help now that I'm like saying it out loud, but just like bolstering that free agent pool just a little bit. Mm-hmm. But again, like I think on my team, I, I don't even have my last roster spot. I don't have anyone in my last roster spot. I just have it open. Now you, uh, you suggested that I want to say the last two off seasons and someone else suggested increasing the bench by one last time. I don't remember who. And so I, uh, I put them both to a vote, decrease, increase, keep the same. Yep. It was pretty overwhelming. Keep the same. So maybe we'll put it a vote in another year or two, but uh, I think it's going to stay that way for a while. Uh, but you're saying it's strategic. You can't even just think about this year or next year. Is there, is that how you run your team? Are there any specific, you know, unique way you run your team, just a long-term mindset? Or if you think you have a shot this year, do you go for it? So I think probably about like three years ago, like I really decided that I have to build through the draft and I have to like kind of plan it out over the next couple of years and just be like, all right, I'm not going to, I don't think I can compete for a championship right now because if you look at the top tier of like three or four teams, you and Billy uh, and Tyler now, like they're, your teams are so stacked at this point that it would be impossible, almost impossible to, to be competitive against that quickly. Uh-huh. So, and, you know, we can get into it whenever, but about the cup trade, like it's, for me, it's, it's not only about quality, but it's quantity and quality. So that's why it's, and, you know, we all know with draft, you're going to draft players and some of them are just not going to work out. You could have the first pick and it ends up being a bust. So you've got to have that quantity to get a quality and have a, a good number of people that are, are being huge, you know, and helpful. And you've got to have three, four, five, six people deep that are elite on your team to be uh-huh. competitive. Cause let me, was it, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Finish, finish your thought. Was, whoever has Jalen Waddle. Let me, Billy. that's Billy. So, I mean, Dalvin Cook, Austin Eckler, Jalen Waddle, Devontae Adams, Justin Jefferson, Josh Allen. Every single one puts up elite fantasy numbers. Mm-hmm. And, and that's two, four, six, six players putting up elite numbers. So, yeah, you're not you're, – I don't believe that if – you're, you're going to be able to match that just with one or two moves. Um, okay. So is that your strategy in mind with, I mean, I'm looking at, I have all the trades tracked. You've made two this year and one I see last year. Was that your thought in mind on the cup trade, the Travis Kelsey trade, the Najee Harris trade? Um, yeah. So the not Najee. Yes. I was, I, I really like the offer on that one. Um, so that's more of why I moved that. Normally, Naj, that would be Najee would be somebody I wanted to hang on to. I mean, I I kind of 
lucked out by him falling off. That kind of has worked in my favor a little bit. But yeah, the Kelsey and Cup trade, and I was even more motivated for those two because of the success that I had in this year's draft. Um, by, you know, I, I haven't even had my number one pick play yet. So uh-huh. that's pretty encouraging uh, with, you know, um, Damian Pierce, Chris Olave, Olave, whatever. Those two have been really solid for me. Um, even my third round pick, the tight end for Denver, has been good enough Dulcich. for a tight end. Yeah. yeah. And then Jamison Williams, when hopefully, you know, if he if he pans out, that's a that's a great draft. And, you know, I don't know that Tyler Algier will ever get uh, you know, the, the touches to be super relevant, but I mean he was he was great for me when Cordero was down. So yeah, I mean he I mean for the 21 first pick of the draft, that's the points you're getting for Tyler Algier. He's a top 30 fantasy back this year, I want to say. And actually, all those guys you mentioned were in those trades. Um, the Najee Harris trade is a reminder to everyone. Uh, Kevin sent Najee in the middle of his rookie year when he was crushing it, and Ben gave him uh, the better of Meyer Sam's 2022 firsts, which turned into Chris Olave. And then you got a 2023 first, which is going to be mine, and a 2023 second. So you have extra draft capital this year. And then the Jamison Williams was the Tyler trade. You gave him Travis Kelsey in a second, and he gave you a first that turned into Jamison Williams. To me, that one seems like a little bit of an overpay, and maybe it's because Kelsey has been so dominant this year. Um, do you think you overpaid a little bit? Uh, I mean, maybe if you take the second out of it, Kelsey for the sixth pick um, is a little more even in me, but you gave him a second in there too. In hindsight, what are your yeah. thoughts? So I got – I got – a first and a second for Kelsey? No, you gave him Kelsey in a second. He gave you a first. And the second is this year. You got a first last draft. And the first you took Jamison Williams. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a little bit of an overpay, I would say. Um, but to me, again, like, Kelsey, Kelsey, it's the old adage, you know, of having the players when you're not competitive. Like he, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to be championship competitive while Kelsey's still in his prime. Yeah. Um, I mean, Kelsey's 32. So, he's, he's at the tail end of his prime. Let's be honest. It's amazing that right. he's doing what he's doing already at this age. Yeah. So that's, that's why I was like, all right, let me move off Kelsey for now. I mean, having Kelsey is obviously huge. I've never been a huge tight end fan in fantasy as it is. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, I don't necessarily value it a ton just because, you know, outside of the people who get the top three, you know, they're all kind of the same to me outside of Kelsey and Kittle before, but even Kittle is kind of leveled off a little bit. Mark, Mark, Mark Andrews. Andrews. Yeah. Other than that, like kind of all the same to me and, um, so, you know, I had Noah Fant, which I was okay with. I would have felt better of him staying in Denver, but now after watching Russell Wilson be a complete asshole, I think, you know, Noah Fant's in an okay spot in Seattle and uh, Dol- Dulcich could be okay. So I'm okay with my tight end situation. Um, but yeah, 
I mean, throwing that second in there probably was a little bit of an overpay, but turning it into Chris Olave, I'm, I'm okay with that too. Or did Jameson you, Williams. Yeah, Jameson Williams. Did you shop him around or did you just hear an offer and say, let's do it? Yeah, we went back and forth a little bit, if I remember correctly, on that one. Um, but I, I don't do a ton of shopping around um, with trades. Yeah, I usually well, just kind of, I, I look, you know, I go in and I'll look a few times and evaluate, um, and I'm probably, I probably like say no in my head before too much before I even make an offer just like okay well that's that's not gonna pique that person's interest mm-hmm. so I'm very like cautious and not just sending stuff out well Andrew actually said last week that you were you and me he said were his two favorite people to negotiate with um because I'm I'm you have interest with me I'll throw a million things out you I mean you and I have texted before but Andrew said you were very to the point responsive but like kind of you know not wishy-washy kind of like direct like I know it's a yes it's a no it's change this and I felt the same way when we were talking the cup trade which you know it's kind of the elephant in the room now because everyone was heated it seemed like they they basically exiled you from the group and you went silent (laughs) after that on the cup trade but that was like the smoothest negotiation ever I just threw out three players and you said no I'd rather draft capital I said all right how about this instead you said done we we negotiated for like a couple minutes, you know, worth of texting. Um, Hindsight now though, it's kind of, both of us have gotten bitten a little bit. Cortland Sutton took a step back right immediately after the trade. Zach Wilson got benched and Cooper Cup got hurt. So kind of, kind of some just bad luck across the board, but what are your thoughts in hindsight on that one? Um, What, and not just thoughts in hindsight, but also Tell us kind of your thought process on that one specifically. Defend yourself because you feel. I feel like we kind of have to defend that trade after everyone, you know, tried to tear it to pieces. Yeah, so I'll go back on Zach Wilson. I'll start. I cannot stand Zach Wilson. I, you know, he would not be my choice of quarterback ever. But, again, back to my point about how loaded and how elite those top few teams are like you you just have to you have to take chances and you have to take risk and if you know Zach Wilson was the second overall pick so if they think he's got talent and they think he can eventually work it out and benching him might get him there then you know I might have a a pretty good quarterback on my hands so I kind of was okay with that risk as much as I hated Zach Wilson um and I think they'll give him another opportunity because, again, second overall pick, they're not going to give up on him. Um, and so you, you just got to hit on somebody like that. The same with – I mean, just look at Josh Allen. Josh Allen really struggled for the first year or so in his career, and then he just, like, took off. I don't think Zach Wilson will ever be Josh Allen. Oh, I don't we even – locked it in. You're saying that Zach Wilson is the next Josh <laughs> Allen. That's what I'm hearing. I don't – From I a Bills don't fan. even – I don't even think Zach Wilson may even be good, but you know, I'm, I'm taking that chance and I'm okay with that. I can live with that. And then um, Sutton. Yeah. I mean, I, I was, I was okay. I was, I've always liked Cortland Sutton. He's been a guy I've targeted in fantasy often. Um, But, and I thought he was going to really like boom with Russell Wilson, but Russell Wilson lost his mind and, 
just sucks at football now. So it's really not, not helping a ton. Um, but you know, I, I, I don't think by any stretch that Cortland Sutton's a bust or was a bad pickup. So I, I like that piece, you know, I think he'll be good with him and Olave and Jamison Williams. And then, you know, if I can pick up a, another receiver in, in the draft coming up, you know, that that's a good crew to roll with. Um, Darnell Mooney was pretty good last year, kind of as just like, I think he might've been like a third round pick that I picked up at some point who, you know, if the bears knew how to had any kind of pass offense, then, you know, he could be better, but he was a thousand yard receiver last year. So, mm-hmm. or close to it. So, you know, I'm kind of, kind of rolling with that again. That's, that's why I want that draft capital. I want to make those picks. I've had some pretty good success in drafts. I mean, I drafted Cooper cup in the third round. Um, and then like, even when I had early picks, I hit on stretches. Like when I hit Dak, I think I picked Dak second or third and he was a fourth round pick. Um, I mean, my, my, me picking Tua number one overall starting to look okay. Yeah. You got, you took some heat for that one too. I think everyone was, was yeah. would have gone burrow over there. And then uh, Jonathan was surprised when burrow fell into his lap. He was telling me, but uh but hindsight then on this Cooper Cup one, now that you've seen what's happened, now that you know Wilson got benched, any regrets? Would you redo it if, if it was offered today? If it was offered today, I'd probably try and take Wilson out and take Miles Sanders. Which, I mean, that's what you said. The initial offer was Sutton, Wilson, and Sanders for Cup. Those three for one. Mm-hmm. And you said – instead of Wilson or Sanders, some draft capital. And, and I was the one who took Sanders out and did a first for second swap. Um, now, looking back, I've been, went back as far as I could to record trades. Um, and the only other one I have, and this basically is every trade since the start of the 2020 season, was you swapped Alex Smith for Marquez Valdez-Scantling with Andrew back in 2020. Nothing you know too big or anything. Uh, but Sam did ask the question, is there a trade that you regret the most or a trade you regret not making? I only have those four. We talked about them. Maybe you remember one from before that, but are there any trades that um, um, you regret making or not making? No, I think I dumped Alex Smith to Andrew because he needed him for the playoffs or something. Um just capitalize on those high value quarterbacks whenever someone needs them. Yeah. I mean, I would think the, the Kelsey trade would be one I would want to pull back if I could. I I like the cup trade more than the Kelsey trade. Um, So I'm really hoping to, to hit on that. Um, I got offered a second round pick for Hunter Renfro in August. I'm looking back now. I should have probably taken that. Um, Tyler and I talked a long time about Dak. Well, Tyler's and, a Cowboys fan, so you need to make him pay a premium for Dak. Well, I offered him Dak and Cup for Trey Lance, T. Higgins, and two firsts. Oh, that would have been a huge, big-time trade. That's the stuff I like in this league. I want to see the big trades. But he he had a ton of value on Trey Lance and obviously the first round picks. So that kind of that kind of killed that one. But I felt Cup and Dak were 
two top 10 players and you got to pay up for that. Yeah. I thought I paid up on this cup trade. I mean, looking at, I'm, I'm in win now mode. It helped me cups an elite receiver now, but he's how old he's in his thirties. You know, receivers don't last that long into their thirties, even possession guys like him, Cortland Sutton. What do we say? was three years younger. Zach Wilson's 23 years old. Zach Wilson's younger than any of the rookie quarterbacks this year. He's, we looked, he's younger than Kenny Pickett. I think he's younger than Malik Willis. And you got a first. So it definitely helps you for a longer time frame, And it helps me now. I, it's exactly the types of trade I think is win-win. Um, Pup may be one of the guys who's exempt from this. But, I mean, his quarterback situation going forward is not the most promising. You know? I mean, I don't know how much Stafford has left. He wasn't great when he played this year. Obviously, Bryce Perkins and John Walford are not the answer at quarterback for the Rams. Um, and the Rams so, uh, projected number three pick goes to the Lions, which is wild. Yeah. <laughs> the Super Bowl winner to now sitting at the third pick in the draft. Um, so, like I said, Cup may be exempt to bad quarterback play, like, you know, the top receivers can be, but, you know, that's another factor. But it's a volume thing too. They're chucking the ball to Cup twenty times a game. <laughs> like, yeah, it doesn't matter who's throwing you the ball. You throw it that many times, then you'll get yeah. some numbers. It's like Stafford did the same thing in Detroit, just winning down, just chucking up to Calvin Johnson. Um, right. And but uh, I'm I'm good to move on from. Uh, um, well, actually, one thing: Do you think if you didn't make any of those trades, if you did have Kelsey, who's so far and away the number one tight end this year, and you had Cup all season? Do you think you could have snuck into the playoffs? Yeah, I think I could have been a playoff team. But not a championship team, maybe just like that bubble? Yeah. Well, then let me ask you this. Your thoughts on a team like that, like your team with those guys, a bubble team. What are your thoughts on someone like that benching those stars so they can get the number one pick blatantly tanking if you had cup and travis kelsey but you sat him on your bench so you could play someone i'm just going to pick a random name anthony mcfarland you know gets one point on the year what are your thoughts on that i don't love it i don't um i definitely like to you know put do do what you can to be the most competitive that you can even if you know you have no chance so, it's, it's an integrity thing, right? Like an honor thing. Yeah. And and mm -hmm. if you have don't have the worst team, well, the team who does have the worst team should get the first pick. Like that's just yeah. fair. Okay. Right. Um, so what do you we have this solution for ideal lineup points right now because we can't just rely on integrity because we have someone who clearly doesn't have integrity. Tyler, I'm calling you out. So um what do you think about the ideal lineup point solution? Yeah, I mean, it's logical. And I like things that are logical. So, I mean, I, I think it makes the most sense. Um, it does a good job of prevent, preventing taking or as much as you possibly can. Um, again, because too, so everything is so much built on the draft in this league that, um, you know, to, to the teams that truly are bad, they need, they need players. Because I think it also hurts, um, um, you know, like people might not want to stick around if they know their team has no chance year after year. You might just be like, okay, well, I'm like seven players away and I can't get a good draft pick because someone keeps tanking. Yeah. I've found like talking to some people, I talked to Ben the other day and stuff, and he's actually 
I mean, you were talking about how bad his team is and how it's not going to be good for a while. He's excited about that. Like there's a different element in the rebuild that's fun in its own. You know, don't get me wrong. It's always funnest winning and having that good team where you can compete for a championship. But I think being in that purgatory in the middle, like you've often been, been that uh, Philip Rivers Colts team is probably the, it's almost more fun being the rebuilding team than it is being in that middle ground. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I think really too, though, if you are, if you've made it, if you started at that rebuild team and you are moving up and you're in that middle ground stage, um, I think you still have to still have to act like that rebuild team because you're not, you're not quite done yet. Uh Um, and so that's kind of, again, what I'm, what I'm, the approach I'm kind of trying to take and why I can move players like cup and Kelsey and, and live with it. Yeah, I mean, you have the pieces. I think I said a couple weeks ago that you were one of the teams that I picked in three years to be one of the top teams because you drafted so well and the way you're playing the game. Um, But, uh, yeah, I went – another thing on Ideal Lineup, I went on – I'm in this uh, Facebook group that's all about Dynasty Leagues, and I just randomly went in there. I turned off notifications, but I went in there the other day, and the top thing was someone – basically saying someone was doing what Tyler's doing, the blatant tanking. And they're like, how do we prevent this? My league, my league wrote up this whole document about, you know, these league rules, which were very draconian and weird. And I don't know, but, um, but everyone in the comments, like eight out of 10 people were saying they were calling it max points. And I thought I was creative when I came up with ideal lineup, as I called it, but it's the same exact thing. Apparently it's done by a ton of other leagues and it's like, all these other people put thought into it and that's what they said was the best solution to prevent tanking. So there were a couple other ideas like a playoff for between the bad teams and stuff like that. But I don't know. I think this is fair. I like it or, but there's some people who are passionately against it. And so it's going to be on a vote in the off season, but it's good in the here to get, you know, everyone's opinions on it and just discuss. So, you know, people can make up their minds. Um, but last thing then, before we end it, we always end with predictions. So um, I don't know if you have the, the week 13 scoreboard up. Um, while you're pulling that up, I'm going to do a quick recap of week 12. Um, we had David beat Kenny. Um, Kenny's still one win, um, 128 to 107. Keenan, 158, another big week for Keenan. Stomped Ben, over doubled Ben's score. Didn't need all those points, but it's good going into this matchup that he put up that much. Jonathan stomped you almost as bad, 145 to 81. Not your best week. Might have even been arguably your lowest week you've ever had. I'm actually going to go off on a tangent here since I got the stats. And let's see what your lowest score ever is. 53. Ouch. 2017, week 11, you put up 53 and a loss to your rival, Andrew. <laughs> Perfect. Um, but yeah, so another a good week for Jonathan. He needed that too. Andrew versus Teddy was close, came down seven points. Teddy came out on top, 114-107. Tyler, highest scoring team, 197-141. Sam needed that win to keep his playoff hopes alive. alive. Tyler stomped that down and um with billy's loss tyler's now the unanimous number one team and i beat billy in our game of the week i needed the win to clinch a playoff spot um needed to win one of two i play you this week and if i had beat you i would have been in either way but it's nice to get past billy and you know to beat both billy and tyler in the same 
season when we're the top three teams. Um, so that's last week. Moving on to this next week, we'll go through really quick um, and except the last game I want to talk a little bit about. So first up, you against me. Any predictions? Do you think you can you can beat me? ESPN has me winning by like 40 points. Yeah, it's a pretty big gap. I mean, you got Watson coming back for the first time in however long. So, I mean, he he may not be Deshaun Watson just yet. Um, Rogers got banged up on Sunday night. So, and, you know, he's been pretty rough. So I could win the quarterback matchup, I think, with Tua um, and Dak. Obviously, you got me on running backs and receivers and tight end. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't. I don't really envision many scenarios where I could uh, pull that one off. I yeah, just, I've got, I don't have the volume at running back to, you know, Singletary is low, very low ceiling. Um, and I, I'm playing Marta, Marquez Valdez Scantling. And Michael we now, we now know you got for Alex Smith a couple of years ago. Yeah. So. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I mean, unless half of your team dies, I don't, I don't really see a scenario where. It's I got funny that though. Of my losses, half my team basically died, and two of them I lost uh, to Billy, but I lost to well, the other ones I lost to Teddy, I lost to Andrew, and I lost to Kenny. Kenny's one in eleven, and he beat me. Kenny's putting up like seventy points a game, and he beat me. So I've lost to three of the quote unquote basement teams this year. And it's because I've just had three really down weeks. So anything's possible. I'm just glad that I'm in regardless, even if I lose. And it, if I lose, then I'm probably the four seed playing Tyler. If I win, then I'm probably the uh, three seed playing Billy. Speaking of Tyler, he's playing Andrew. Um, we'll go through this quick since we've already been on for pushing an hour. Um, any chance Andrew wins or is it just a lock for Tyler? I think Tyler's got him. I mean, Andrew's playing Steven Sims. I don't even really know who that is. Yeah, I agree. And Yeah, exactly. Um, now, Sam against Kenny. Once again, Kenny beat me, but he's scoring a sub-100 every other week. He's projected 76. Um, yeah. Sam, I always say it's not that Sam's going to win. It's that Kenny's going to lose. So you agree with me there? Yeah. I mean, he's, he's got – two guys projected to get over 10. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and only one starting quarterback on his whole roster. And no uh, defense. That's, that's not, Oh, he's got a defense, not on a buy. He just hasn't put him in yet. David versus Ben is actually projected to be a nine point game. So it looks like they're projecting low for David, um, but he hasn't set his whole lineup yet. So any chance Ben wins because Ben's roster is looking rough. Yeah, I mean, he's got no backs, no receivers. No players. Let's yeah. just be honest. He's got yeah. no players. I mean, <laughs> it, I, he he. I can't imagine what his team would be if Geno Smith didn't turn into what Geno Smith has done this year. Yeah, well, I mean, he's embracing the rebuild. He had a good squad, yeah. um, but not quite playoff good, and then just sold everyone and start from scratch. Because um, I thought I traded – didn't I trade Najee to Ben? He did, and he flipped him on to on our next game. We got Billy versus Teddy, and you see Najee and Teddy's lineup because, well, they made a trade. So what do you think in that matchup? Do you think Teddy has a chance against Billy? He, Teddy did beat me. Um, 
I mean, I think Teddy, it's possible, but I think Billy is still going to win. He's got some, he's got a few of those players that can, that can boom, you know, have huge numbers. You know, Ken, Kenneth Walker could get you two touchdowns easy. Um, you know, IU could score a touchdown, get a few yards. Fields could, you know, have a huge game. She's got a couple boom players, but I still think Billy's Billy's going to take care of business. I agree. And I think Teddy is in that same tier as you of that up and coming team. That Teddy squad with another good draft or two in two years or whatever could be a championship. We could have you versus Teddy in two years. I mean, he's got a lot of young talent. Um, like like you said, Kenneth Walker, Najee Harris. You could have if Najee regains form, they could be you could have the best running back in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, but now our game of the week. And the reason this one's game of the week, Jonathan versus Keenan. It's because it's a play into the playoff. They have the same record. The winner makes the playoffs. The loser is eliminated. Last week of the regular season. And I love that we randomized these last two weeks. Like I literally had Teddy looking over my shoulder. We didn't excel and randomize your opponent. We're going to do that every time. So you don't have the same people you play twice. And it just so happened to randomize these teams against each other last week. Um, their projection is only five points apart. So it's really could be a coin flip. And and I see, you know, Keenan's ballsy not starting a head coach. Any matchup like this, I'm, I'm grabbing a head coach, you know, if it's a must win. Um, and Griffey's got one. Uh, but other than that, you know, like the check boxes on the projections, half on one side, half on the other. It's just, I mean, who do you think is going to win? What are your keys to this one? Um, I think it's going to come down to the running backs. I think – Who's who's Tim Tebow? Whose team Keenan. is that? That's Keenan. Keenan. I think Keenan's running backs are probably gonna elevate him above. Um, I I don't love David Montgomery. I never really have. Um, and Zeke. I mean Tony Pollard outplays Zeke every week this season so far, pretty much. So I mean I think Chubb and Kamara are really gonna carry. I mean Griffey's receivers are pretty top notch, but I think Pitt, Pittman and McLaurin can, they can carry or compete with, you know, Diggs and chase. Uh, I think Metcalf could, could bust, you know, and not have a huge game like he has. So I, you know, I think it's, it's pretty tight, but I, I I'll, I'll take Chubb and Kamara to, to lead Keenan to win. This one to me is a straight up coin flip. I yeah, I don't know who's going to win. So just to be different, I'm going to pick Jonathan here. Um, Jonathan made the playoffs last year, uh, so I, not that that matters right now. Uh, but Chase, if if he's healthy, Chase Diggs and Metcalf are so good receivers, and mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I think Cordell Patterson in the flex is an underrated player. I don't know. Um, yeah, but Rashad, Rashad White and Traylon, Bur- Traylon Burks for Keenan are wild cards there. Um, so I don't know, it, but to me, it's a genuine coin flip. And I think it's going to be won by the head coach. I think it's going to be a two point game. And Eagles head coach is going to get him four points. And Keenan's going to wish he didn't start, uh, wish he started one. And that's going to be the, how it's going to turn out. Yep, for sure. Yeah, it's rough, rough week to have DeAndre Hopkins on by. Yeah. Um, yeah. hundred percent, hundred percent. And it's not like Griffey's really hurting, missing anyone out, but they've, I mean, look at the trends back and forth. Who's been higher scoring week by week. It's been pretty, 
pretty close um, across the year. Keenan's outscored them, but it doesn't matter. All that matters is wins and losses today. Yep. Um, okay. Well then that's about it. Is there anything else you wanted to cover? Or you think we got it? It's been, been about an hour. I want to say we've been talking, pushing an hour. I think, I think we, we got everything. I think I pled my Cooper cup case <laughs> well enough. <laughs> All right. Well, I appreciate you joining. And I know you're not somebody who's been listening. So one, you need to start listening because these are always fun. I'll listen. I'll listen now. You'll listen to this one because you like hearing your voice, apparently, I guess. (laughs) Uh, And number two, we end it. You remember Bowie, who was the uh, in the league before David, Alex Bowie, my old college roommate? Well, I used to always put in the note, I'd put suck it, Bowie. So that's how we end it. So let's get a suck it, Bowie. Suck it, Bowie. Suck it, Bowie. All right, man. I'll see you. All right. See ya.